name's Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Grow up, 007. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. I'm the moon. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. Oh, it's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. Shocking, positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you a nice train. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Double Oz Seven, Australia's only James Bond podcast that is called Double Oz Seven and not called the other name of the other one. Um, there's probably about five of them now, but hey, we're the Australia's only one because why not? Um, we're here back for another episode. You probably just heard Spectre, Spectre, Spectre episode, and now we're done with the Daniel Craigs, or if the next Bond film, Flittermouse, starring uh, Idris Elba and Hannah Stokely is out, then we'll have that recap coming up. She would make a good Bond girl, let's face it. <laughs> she should be next main Bond girl. She should be the final representation of Gala Brand on screen or something like that, Hannah Stokely. Um, yeah, I'm Noah. I'll just say that I don't have a witty intro because do we do witty intros on this uh, <laughs> decade ones? I'm not sure. Do uh, I don't know. I'm Noah and I'm Ben. And with this episode, it means we're only one more recap away from talking about Idris Elba. Well, and... I just said that joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... <laughs> what? <laughs> ben had to steal it. We know that. <laughs> I literally said that a minute ago. <laughs> when did you say Idris Elba? I didn't hear you say it. That's your you witty intro. Twitter mouse with Idris, Idris Elba. Oh, I did. I wasn't listening. I was looking at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so much for you witty were, intros. If you weren't, if you weren't listening, how did you know when it was your chance to talk? <laughs> well, I heard him stop talking. That's generally the cue. <laughs> What cues? We don't have orders that we talk in and we have... Alright, well, what are to you get this back about? on track, I'm Colin and I can't wait to talk about Idris Elba in our next podcast. <laughs> oh, that's an original joke, Colin. Good job. Uh, oh, yeah, typical. <laughs> typical. Uh, Side with the Canadian. Yeah, well, what? I'm not listening. I'm on my phone. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> Phone's more exciting. It remembers more stuff, apparently. Well, it... <laughs> You can probably... No, I'm not going to be that mean. Uh, let's move on. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's just get the phone on instead of Ben. <laughs> Siri. All right, let's move to the phone's opinion now. Um, Ask Siri, what do you think of 007? <laughs> I think shit. Um, I would listen rather to listen Spectre, to etc. Spectre, etc. <laughs> ah, stop my joke! All right, um... I don't even know if I mentioned what we're talking about. We're talking about the Daniel Craig decade, or it's really two decades. It's the the noughties and the tens. But technically now, 2016, he's been around for 10 years, um, which is crazy to think because what Roger Moore is, what is it, 12, 13 years? So um, Daniel Craig, he's been there for almost as long as Roger Moore's 12 years, so it's pretty crazy. Um but we're here to talk about it as we do with the Pierce decade and the 60s, 70s, 80s. Just give up our final thoughts. It's a good kind of wrap up for to just talk about our favourites of each thing, even our least favourite, and then what's changed, what's that, blah, 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 blah. You know the drill by now. If this is your first episode of 007, go back now. Listen to 
uh, I don't know, the writings on the wall song analysis. That would be a good one to introduce you to 007. <laughs> Best episode ever. <laughs> yeah, how do I live? Uh, so let's just jump straight into it because this is kind of our last of the decade episodes until Idris Elba <laughs> with Bond 25, Flittermouse. Where did that joke come from? So I guess uh, general thoughts of... Well, not how we've been finding the rewatch so far. We'll dive more into the actual full rewatch next episode. We've got a special episode plan. But just how we've been finding the Craig on this rewatch. And for me, it's not really much different as any other time watching the Craigs. I still love Casino Royale. I still don't love Quantum of Solace. I still, still think Spectre, uh, Skyfall's pretty good. And now Spectre's there. Um, but I guess the main thing is watching it through... Um, with Spectre in mind, which I thought it might change it for me, but it really didn't. I still watch Casino Royale, and knowing that Blofeld was behind it, he was, you come across me so many times, but you never saw me, that it really doesn't work, and that's probably a flaw in Spectre as well, that they're kind of uh, retconning this, but it doesn't change as much as you would hope it would, and we talked about things like how they could have worked in Blofeld's dialogue, worked in more little things like I bought the Skyfall house, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, maybe it changes Skyfall a little bit for me, looking at Silver and stuff like that. But for the most part, it really doesn't. Um, and I guess we'll also talk about some of our favourite moments from these episodes. And... Uh, Durr was probably one of the most immature things. Well, probably not the most immature thing said on this show. Um, but it's one of those things that was so funny at the time, and I haven't gone back and listened to it, but I'm probably cringe when I go back and listen to five minutes of us going, um, But at the time, it was funny. It's kind of in the moment. You had to be there, right? At the time, two, two of us still have her as a profile pic on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag never let go of Hannah Stokely. Um, I'm never going to give you up, Hannah. Um, that that was a good highlight. Uh, these episodes are kind of funny because I feel like we did reboot a bit besides the Durr stuff. We weren't as crazy as some of the Brosnan ones. Um, we weren't talking about Judy Dent slapping people. But there, there are lots of moments. I thought the Spectre episode, it was quite rushed, but they had a lot of funny moments in there. But for me, I think the defining kind of best memory, and I don't know, maybe you two can think of an earlier one, but it's probably going to be Durr, as Colin said. We've still got the profile pictures on Sky. Um, well, just on the rewatch itself, I mean, no, you and I were always kind of critical of of Craig and everything and I think kind of rewatching I mean yeah not a whole lot has changed maybe a little bit here and there but I mean of course we when we first started this we'd never seen Spectre now we'd seen Spectre and we've talked about it a shitload and kind of it changes the rewatch slightly with it all but well, I I don't mean to butt in but do you want to quickly talk about that because I feel like that is something we teased up and really we haven't critiqued Daniel Craig like none of us for good or worse uh, critiqued Daniel Craig much in these episodes, but we teased up, oh, we're not huge fans. Well, and really, we didn't talk about Daniel Craig much at all. Well, I guess, well, that's a good point, because I think I think we were in one episode, and you were like, no, save it for the Daniel Craig episode. Um, well, I mean, I, I think kind of as we, we teased about it, I mean, he's just, uh, he's very wooden, he's very, uh, look, it's, 
it's it's just something that, that they've rebooted the Bond series to a to a level where I don't know he just doesn't it was it wasn't till Spectre to me that he finally was like okay he's now James Bond because he just he's he's very very bland in terms of he's a bit like and grumpy and just wooden and doesn't smile and he's like one-liners are there but they don't he doesn't lack... smile like that old timothy dalton i tell you no what. not like the creepy <laughs> timothy dalton smile that. that we all know and love um i mean it's, it's coming off the back of pierce brosnan who i think is the greatest james bond of all time and i think he's you know up there in connery in terms of just who who are the best bonds and and it's it's just i mean as i said with the dalton i think dalton did what Craig did before Craig got all popular for it and reckons this is really good now for James Bond. I mean, I can see what they're doing with him. But, I mean, Spectre, he seemed to be lightened up a little bit more. He seemed a bit more charismatic and, you know, falling into the couches and, and all the Bond tropes. Like, it seemed a little bit more like this is what James should be. And, like, you know, I mean, I, I guess kind of what Craig has done for Bond now, it's like, yes, he's sexy, he's got, you know, washboard abs and he's turned me gay and all this sort of stuff. But, like, it's at the end of the day. Like, he's still not, you know, charming, sophisticated British agent as much as a Brosnan or a Connery is to me, and he never will be. But um, has that improved on rewatch? Not really, no. I'm still there and thereabouts where I was with Craig, and he's just had a good film now where he's been able to to be more Bondian than he was before, I guess. I think, um, just to quickly elaborate on that, just to get it kind of out of the way, I think... One thing about it for me is I don't like how serious he is and the films are. Spectre kind of changed that. Not to say there isn't comedy in the films or anything like the films have to have James Bond going to space. I don't agree (laughs) with that, but it seems like everyone loves the reboot thing. And in one way, I see that they're kind of forced to do it. That's what the market wants. Um, But you're probably going to find, even though I don't dislike Timothy Dalton, and I don't dislike Craig, you're probably going to find those two when we do our Bond rankings are going to be lowish on the list. And it's because I enjoy the lighthearted, the Spectre, Craig. Um, and I don't think Craig is necessarily wooden, and I don't think he's a bad actor. I think he does portray Bond pretty good. It's just not my personal taste, and I prefer the traditional kind of suave, the dark hair kind of thing. So I don't think Daniel Craig is a bad Bond. It's just not my Bond. But I do agree he was a lot better in Spectre. If Spectre was his first performance, then I would probably be higher on Daniel. I do think he's good at action, and he always complained he couldn't do one-liners, but I think Spectre proved he's decent at one-liners. So I think on this rewatch, I probably appreciated him a lot more. Maybe that's why we didn't rip into him as much. But to me, it's just the, the kind of brooding seriousness is not really my personal taste in Bond, which is why I'm probably down on him. So, yeah. That's kind of that discussion out of the way that we teased up ten episodes. I think I think you you made some good points, and I probably agree with a lot a lot of what you said. And yeah, yeah, Daniel Craig's a great actor. It's not to take away from Daniel Craig as a person. It's just I guess the character he's playing. You don't want to hurt his feelings. You know, he's, he's not a as big good as he Not as good as he was in Tomb Raider, but I mean, let's not get started <laughs> on that. Um, <laughs> but um, in terms of episode moments, um, yeah, the was obviously brilliant. Um, Casino Royale. My, you know, intense uh, discussion about uh, the the situation of falling in love. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think what else we had in Casino Royale. Um, 
I've listened to them all, but I can't. Even I like remember. Colin trying to bribe his way into different uh, organizations. Oh, that's right. Yes, Colin trying to get into fifty dollars here and there. No, I can't get in there. Sorry, sorry. Um, then of course Quantum. You know Dominic Who. Um, you know uh, everything to do with Mitchell. Poor Mitchell. Uh, Sand Dune. Sand Dunes. Yes. Ah, oh, Sarlacc references. Um, Skyfall. Ronson. Poor Ronson. Not Ronson. Um, and Spectre. Well, we've only just done that recently. And what was funny about Spectre? Um, I kind of remember <laughs> that episode. Didn't we do it last week? Tra- transgender plastic bags. <laughs> um, <laughs> I first openly gay man to be in a podcast. I don't know. I mean, they're all they're always fun and. I, I think realistically what we did a lot with those episodes is like, yeah, we sort of rebooted, but every episode seemed to go forever. And like you said, we rushed Spectre. It felt that way because I think really it's gone to the point now where every episode's like a good three and a half hours. I mean, because I went over four hours. So um, we started this thinking we'd only go maximum of three and we did what, uh, um, Live and Let Dine, about two hours and 20 minutes. So yeah, um, Lots of fun times, lots of good memories. Always fun here on Double Oz Seven. Well, first I'll kind of touch on the whole Daniel Craig thing because I think I was a fan of Daniel Craig even before he became James Bond, and I'm probably the biggest fan of uh, yeah, I'm the hipster of the group. (laughs) Uh, It was it was all that work in Tomb Raider that he did beforehand that that really sold me on. Yeah, you did. (laughs) But but no, I Daniel Craig had. some performance and it's not like i ever watched daniel craig movies and said this guy is james bond there was really only one movie he made which i mentioned which people should check out called layer cake where he's kind of playing i guess the, the criminal that, james Raider? bond what was that was it tomb raider you said we should check out? no layer cake oh tomb raider yeah right yeah, yeah tomb that's raider. right tomb yes. raider <laughs> and get tomb raider 2 while you're at it and play There's a couple a of tomb raider 2 <laughs> gerard butler in that or something yeah, the, well, is that's called actually both of them. Raider? Both of them were being considered for Bond at the time, which is another thing that I mean, I don't know how much we even talked about it, uh, about all these actors that were thrown out there for James Bond. And interestingly enough, looking back on some of these people who were mentioned at the time, you know, with the exception of somebody like Gerard Butler, who I think could have been a Pierce Brosnan, people were really wanting an actor like Daniel Craig. You know, Clive Owen was the name that most of the fans were talking about at the time. And I remember at the time thinking, Clive Owen's too boring. He could never do Bond. But I think that... I think Quantum of Solace kind of sours people... People like you. Um, <laughs> I'm hey, gonna I, 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 it does. Well, because let's be honest. the whole Everything you guys mentioned about you know the, the lack of humor, too serious, wooden, brooding... That's Quantum of Solace, because even if you look at Casino Royale, there's a ton of humor. And I would argue that James Bond, as a character, is having the most fun in even Casino Royale. You know, even when they, they put the injection into his arm, just has deadpan, ow, like, like almost arrogance. It, there's a lot of humor in that. The, the scenes with Vesper are really funny. Um, the, the, the part where she talks about, uh, or he says he, she's not his type. She goes, what, uh, smart? And he goes, no, single. I mean, there's a lot of good humor in Casino Royale. And I think there's tons of good humor in Skyfall. Uh, the scenes with Silva are really good. The scenes with M are fantastic. And I think Spectre is just the one that seems most traditional. So it's the one that people are most comfortable with Daniel Craig as a traditional Bond. But all along, I think that he's done an amazing job. And 
Uh, I think that it would be hard to argue that there's a better actor out there who played Bond, and that could have something to do with the fact that at least in three out of these four movies, he's given the best material to play off of dramatically, and I think that's something that not a lot of the other Bonds had. So I'm just as sold on Daniel Craig now, if not maybe even a little more sold on him than I was coming in. And I think the reason for that is because what I've really found watching these four movies back-to-back, I think I've watched them back-to-back before, but the first time watching them back-to-back and really taking notes on what's going on is that this is the first time since the 60s movies, since Dr. No through Honor Majesty's Secret Service, that we have a cohesive story being told throughout multiple movies. And I think that's something that was missing from Bond, and that's something that was done really well, very subtly in the 60s. And yeah, we can talk all day about how, well, Spectre didn't do this, tying it together with the, you know, the, the author of All Your Pain and everything. But at the same time, I mean, if we look back on You Only Live Twice, we're going to have the same complaints about, well, this, this kind of spoils the, you know, the other movies. But like Noah said, it ultimately doesn't spoil it. You still watch these as individual movies, and you can enjoy Spectre for the over-the-topness that it has, while it not actually ruining Skyfall when you get to that and and it feels like Silva is just this great one-off villain. So I think that they did uh, so many things right in this series that they really haven't touched on since the 60s, and I hope that continues on. For our episodes, yeah, Duh Lady is (laughs) easily the standout. Um, (laughs) I think, uh, Ben, you kind of mentioned it, a a lot of the, the... first openly gay this and that uh, a lot of the sam smith shots just all around taking shots of sam smith and i think that this being specter being a very fresh movie it made a lot of those things funnier than they would be five years down the road especially with his whole o- oscars acceptance speech as the fir- first openly gay male outside of those other half dozen openly gay males who won oscars before uh that joke being so fresh uh in I guess even just on the internet, Sam Smith is still taking heat for that from people. That made it, I think, all the funnier. Um, I don't know if we'd be laughing at it as hard five years from now, maybe just in retrospect. But don't well, you're listening yeah. five years from now. Please write us in and tell us if it's funny. Yeah, is it funny that Sam Smith <laughs> thought he was the first openly gay male to win an Oscar? And uh, Cowabunga, dude, that's a great flying skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> Things that won't be funny. There's another. What what things that we did won't be funny in five years? <laughs> Answer all right, I can't believe everything. Justin Bieber was James Bond. My God, who would have thought he would have won an Oscar for it too? Idris Elba jokes. He died in 2017. <laughs> That's not funny. Don't laugh That's at so that. That's considerate. And all three of them are making the same joke? <laughs> Bunch of jerks. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't re-listened to these episodes That big yet. plagiarism of jokes scandal of 2016, <laughs> where all those comedians were caught stealing jokes. And what is this Spectre, etc.? I've never heard of it. <laughs> that finished in 2016. <laughs> Survivor Oz took over it and made it Survivor Oz, etc. That was great. They went on to win an Oscar. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna automatically rechange my answer here. This bit right here is the funniest thing we've done on these episodes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> this is the, the highest point of 007 ever. Right here, right now. Basking out. Witnessing glory. history. History right now. <laughs> Next. Next. <laughs> That's it. That was your favorite moment. Yes. 
All right, let's move on. That was that was a great moment. Now we've got to get back to reality. Uh, let's talk about some of the elements that were introduced in the naughty slash tens, the Daniel Craig era, and also the elements that stayed on till Bond Twenty Five, Flittermouse, starring Idris Elba and Hannah Stokely. Um, <laughs> ben, do you want to tell us about Bond Twenty Five? Oh, wasn't it great with Idris Elba and Hannah Stokely? Oh, you're so funny. Um, <laughs> we, 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 can't, we can't really... You said that with such sincerity, too. You're so funny. <laughs> you're just hilarious, Ben. Um, we can't really talk about what elements stayed, although we could talk about what stayed throughout the decade. But it will be interesting to see... What of the Daniel Craig era, when we finally do get the next Bond, be it Idris Elba or Justin Bieber, what element... Like, I wonder how much they will really change Bond based on... Because we did have this discussion that Bond will eventually change and really they keep up with the times more than anything. But it seems like they're really into what they've got going now and they're not looking to change. They're not looking to fire like Pierce Brosnan, um, and then really reboot the series. It seems like they're onto something that they want to stick with, uh, especially with Christoph Waltz not dying. Um, but who knows? Daniel Craig may slash his wrist next month or something, or join a TV show or something. I, I'm just, I'm sorry, Ben, but I am sick of the newspapers. Um, so <laughs> all those Mercury stories about Daniel Craig quitting, I'm just over it. Um, I'll stop writing them. I apologize. <laughs> um, have they done a Daniel Craig story? They should. Um, let's what, like an act- actual Mercury? Well, no, because there's no Tasmanian angle, but whatever. <laughs> well, Spectre was on in Tasmania. Yes. Daniel Craig's heard of it before. Um <laughs> What, Spectre? <laughs> I'd hope so. He's in it. He probably hasn't. What, Spectre? Uh, I don't care. He's going to slash Maurice. Um, uh, so Spot on personation of Daniel <laughs> Craig there, by the way. <laughs> Some of the elements... Well, this is kind of weird because so much, most of the films are introduced. Like, the seriousness is a big one. Not that Bob wasn't serious in the past, but it really took a shift here, the kind of born attitude type thing, um, more grounded in reality. Yeah, maybe not serious is the best word, but grounded. Mm-hmm. It's not people going to space and trying to what create a master race in space or something. We've got plots about the gov. I think, Colin, didn't you mention one episode? We're talking about government and trade things and stuff like that. And Yeah. It's the Star Wars prequels. Uh, yeah, if they were one thing from Phantom Menace. Uh, so that kind of thing um, is, yeah, more grounded. Except for Spectre, which you could say is still grounded in a way, but compared to the other three, not so much. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is it's so much about Bond, which is something I, I'm... It's kind of funny because I'm going to complain about a lot of these elements, but I don't dislike it. The thing is, I like these films and I like what they've done. The one thing I think, though, is I just want it to change from here. Like, I was fine with the Casino Royale, Quantum, Skyfall, that kind of trilogy. But then when they introduced uh, 
Mallory as M at the end with the padded doors. That's when I wanted all that to go out the window and for this to just start now with Bond 24 being just a typical Bond mission without any of this kind of James Bond's past and stuff like that, which they didn't do and I still enjoy Spectre. But I'm not complaining about these elements. I just want it to change from here. I would love Bond 25 to just be a normal story, but obviously they won't be able to do that with Christoph Waltz and all that. Um, so that's a big one. He's passed, be it Skyfall or his stepbrother who ended up joining the biggest criminal organization in the world. Um, and not just his past, but also personal connection. The Vespa thing was a big driving point in Quantum. So it's all about James Bond, which is a funny thing to complain about when the series is James Bond. But I like James Bond being the central figure, but I don't like the plot being about James Bond. And they've semi-done it in the past uh, before, but they've done it more prevalent here. Like, it worked in GoldenEye because that was kind of unique, but now it's just every film, which is something I feel will stick around for a while, but not forever. I feel they will eventually just get back to normal Bond films. Um, and I, I want to leave some talking points for you guys, but the other thing is just the whole... For the longest time, people called these the prequels to James... Casino Royale was called a prequel. And I think it's now been established that it's more of just a reboot. This is a whole new series, especially with Blofeld in it now and Spectre. But for the longest time, Casino Royale was a prequel. And it, it kind of did. It did a unique thing, which I initially didn't like, is it started Bond from the very beginning. And I didn't like that because James Bond is an agent who's been around for a while. He doesn't make many mistakes because he's the top of the class and all that. And I've since grown to accept it a bit more, but it is quite a unique thing that they really did start from the very beginning with Bond's first kills. Um, so, yeah, they're the kind of main elements, and I'm sure you guys will think of something else. Um, but who knows what will stick around? We can only theorise. And I guess also if you want to talk about something else, if you've got any more behind-the-scenes uh, history or trivia that we didn't really cover, I know Colin talked about other Bond actors and stuff like that. But... Yeah, what elements are there that I haven't mentioned or if you want to extend on what I've been ranting about? None. Next question. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, well, I mean, this was an obvious one. I think you covered it beautifully. I mean, elements to introduce. Well, I mean, it's just it's completely restarted James Bond again. So everything essentially is new if you really want to be realistic. I mean, every bit that kind of gets brought in, which is a throwback, is just more for nostalgia factors, I guess. Like, you know, oh, let's bring Q back in. He's got to start somewhere. Money Penny, all this sort of stuff. You know, they're rebooting it in a way that they still bring these people into it. Um, I mean, the MI6 crew, I guess, as we labelled them in Spectre, like, they're a lot more heavily evolved, like, you know, no more is just Money Penny scene in, like, the opening scene at the beginning and maybe a shot here or there with a cigar or that, like, she's heavily involved in the plot. Um, Q, you know, is not just a bumbling old man who gives gadgets away, he's like, you know, this... A, a, a hacker person who's always there and doing all this sort of stuff. So they're really heavily involving it. M is just there all the time now. Like, I mean, we talked a little bit about that in the um, Pierce Brosnan ones with M sort of getting a little bit more involved in the plot, particularly in The World Is Not Enough. But, I mean, particularly in this era, she's, like, involved in it so much. I mean, she's the Bond girl in Skyfall. Um, and, you know, M's killing people in Spectre. So you know, really heavily involving them more so than that. Um, yeah, the whole story of Bond, I, I kind of agree with you because I think that, I mean, Bond is Bond. He's, he's an enigma. Like, I mean, it's kind of like you don't need to really know too much about Bond's backstory, I guess, in a way. Like, it's, 
you know, he is James Bond, you know, a little bit here and there. And, I mean, I guess I can see why they're doing it. It's interesting. It's something new and unique. Fair enough. But, I mean, do we really need to know that he's got a stepbrother? I mean, next film, is it going to be revealed that he was a Siamese twin and half of him was chopped off somewhere else and he's, like, hiding in a Siberian ice palace with Gustav Graves? Hello, I'm a Siberian twin! Um, or something along those lines. Um, you know, and it's it's the continuity factor, I think, Colin mentioned that before. I mean, every film is tied into every film. We've never had that really before um, to the extent that we have with this. Um, And I guess kind of probably stealing what Colin's going to say, um, you know, really bringing in like acclaimed uh, filmmakers and directors and all this sort of stuff. I mean, Bond's really, I guess, getting high critical praise and winning awards that it's never sort of won before, which I guess is a positive. You know, I mean, Skyfall obviously won a couple of Oscars. Spectre sadly won an Oscar. Um, and <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the time, <laughs> these films are really getting you know that sort of acclaim that never used they never used to get and skyfall the high point of that as we said in that episode you know there was even potential talk that it could be nominated for best picture at the oscars i mean who would ever think that with a james bond film and javier bardem may be robbed of not getting nominated for best supporting actor but yeah just a whole lot of those side of things too some of them for the good some of them for the the worse uh, for the bad just i guess with every single decade really with all those sort of things and i agree with you i think from this point on what can they do if if craig slits his wrist and doesn't return and we've got idris elba next film you know they're not all of a sudden going to go well we'll have fun with those four films let's go back to idris elba saving the world from a giant laser like it's it's not going to happen anytime soon. You know, we are in the era of movies where everything has to be as serious as a heart attack. So I guess we're just going to continue forward with that now until all of a sudden we go back to silly little over-the-top plot points. Well, first off, um, what you said, Noel, was interesting because I think we mentioned that briefly at the beginning of Casino Royale, how this was something new and people didn't understand what it was. I mean, prequels weren't even really common until Star Wars did it, and that was only a few years prior to Casino Royale. And at the time this came out, we're only one year after Batman Begins, and I think nowadays, reboots is so common, it's more common, I don't think remakes really exist anymore. People pretty much just, if we're going to remake something, we're going to reboot it, we're going to do it completely differently, and we're going to start just a new continuity. And we have to credit these movies with doing that along with Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Because those two franchises were the first ones to do it. And you know that you can give credit to these two because those are the ones where people were confused. I remember when Batman Begins came out and people were talking about, oh, I can't believe they didn't include the old Batman music. And how come they had this thing on the Joker on the end? Because Jack Nicholson's dead. Like People simply didn't understand it. And with Casino Royale, it was the same thing where... They thought, this is the prequel, so how is M in it? I don't understand this. And we're now 10 years in, and if if a movie like Casino Royale came out now, nobody would question it. They would understand what a reboot is. So these movies deserve a lot of credit for that, for doing something that was very confusing at the time and making audiences understand it in a way where now everybody wants to do this. Um, With the seriousness of the movies, I think that's something that needs to be talked about because I said earlier how when there was the mention of all the other actors at the time that people wanted Clive Owen was probably like the public's favorite. And he was the one I think that got the most attention for the longest time. And that really does show where the public was at. And I think it's, it's easy now to look back and be like, we all love Pierce Brosnan and we all love what Pierce Brosnan did. But 
at the time when Casino Royale was getting made and it was kind of made known Pierce isn't coming back, people weren't upset about it. Most people at the time, I remember I was. saying, and I was too, but well, for the most part, people were saying fairness, they ben wanted was also somebody upset new. that Madonna wasn't doing the theme. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and? Don't take his opinion. Just, um, just pointing it out. Yeah, but like people were ready for something new, and... It's easy now to say, yeah, we want that classic Bond, but I think that this is just something that's common, that when, if we look at every Bond, they all have their distinctive feel, their distinctive things about it. This isn't something that's new. It's maybe new to tie the movies together this closely, but uh, like I already brought up, if you look at Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, you, you know, You Only Live Twice on a Majesty's Secret Service, those movies are probably tied together even a little bit closer than these. It's just they didn't have that final movie that where Spectre is making everything so obvious, uh, maybe overstating the point. Without the overstating Inspector, these movies are probably even looser as far as their connection goes than those Sean Connerys or the 60s ones. So if you look at every Bond, they all have their distinctive thing. And once they're done, fans want something different. And Every series is kind of a reboot, technically, if you think about it. Pierce Brosnan was a reboot from what Dalton did. Dalton was an obvious reboot from what Roger Moore did. Roger Moore, it took them a few movies to get into it, but it was a clear reboot from what Sean Connery did. And I think that's pretty much what we're going to see going forward. I think that people uh, are maybe at the point, let's say if Daniel Craig does step down, because let's be honest, it's still at the point where audiences want Daniel Craig for at least one or two more movies. Uh, I'd say one for sure. But when this is eventually does become known, if whether it's Spectre or not Spectre 25, <laughs> Bond 25 or 26, Spectre whatever two. it is, when we know for a fact that Craig is done, I think people will want something new the way they wanted something new with Casino Royale. And well, that's the thing. Yeah, we these, don't know at this point. Yeah, it's still up in the air. And I think it's 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 kind of hard to judge because we just talked about Spectre and how... We all said from the very first time we saw it that the ending was clear that this could be the end or it could be, you know, the perfect setup for the next one. This but is, yeah. it, it, it's we don't know it's the end yet. You know, it's it's not as easy as well, Adele makes it out to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you pointed there's, there's out. No, there's, oh, you what's go. that? Well, I was just go. saying there's no telling going forward, you know, what could happen. And I, I think it's public knowledge now that Christoph Waltz is contracted to return, which would be great, but it's under the condition that Daniel Craig comes back. And that's not saying, oh, we're banding together. It's more, if they're going to use Blofeld, they want it to be a continuation for Craig's series. And that, more than anything, shows us that they want every Bond actor to kind of have his own series that's removed from the others. So if Craig doesn't come back and Blofeld doesn't come back, that might not necessarily be a bad thing. It's just, we're going to start with something new next time. Well, now that you even think about it, it, it would be disappointing if we never saw Christoph Waltz again. But at the same Travesty. time, um, now that I think about it, they did kind of, in a way, wrap up the Blofeld plotline. Like, it would be a pretty lame ending, but in a way, they have. Like, he got caught. So if he yeah. doesn't... But, but Blofeld, you can't, you can't have... Blo I mean, even if Christoph Waltz said, no, I'm not doing it again. Like, you just Blofeld is a multi-movie villain. He well, is, but would it need to be Kristoff? Like, here's the thing. Let's just do hypothetical, since we're not really talking about what's to come next. Let's hypothetically talk about what's coming next. If you don't have Waltz for the next movie, 
you take a movie off and you reintroduce a new Bond and then you bring him back maybe in the second movie of the next actor or the third movie with recasting it. Uh, it's not impossible to bring him back again. And I would I would love it if they found a way to continue and tie these. Like, we already know Mallory M is coming back. You know, uh, Eve Moneypenny is coming back, Hugh. So I would like to have the same <laughs> thing with the villain, but... I don't think it's absolutely necessary. I think that you could just tie it up with Blofeld or you could find a way to write in a new Blofeld later on. I think when we have Idris Elba in Bond 25 and Hannah Stokely, we say <laughs> out with Christoph Waltz and in with reviving Charles Gray back from the dead and having him as his second go at Blofeld. He was Matt LeBlanc as Blofeld. <laughs> um, Can we, how uh, are you doing? Can we really quickly talk? Because, again, we don't really have a new era to preview here to talk about what's coming up next. But can we talk about the potential next Bond? I don't know if we want to do that now or later. Idris Elba. And if you don't think so, you're racist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's let's talk about it now. Um, All right, then. (laughs) I'm completely opposed to the idea of somebody like Idris Elba coming in. Racist! and here's the thing. I'm opposed to Damien Lewis or whatever his name is, but this is the problem. People, racist. I'm going to put it out there. It's if, if you ask Idris Elba, the issue is not his race. The issue is the man's age. He's, what, 47 years old? He's like He's the, the same, same age as Daniel Craig. Exactly. Just... And you're, you're signing an actor for multiple movies. Now, there is no way they would ever sign a guy who's even over 40 as the new Bond because you want him to be in at least a trilogy, which means you need to look probably a decade into the future, and they're not going to want another 50-year-old Bond. So whoever it's going to be is going to be somebody who right now, it's either Henry Cavill or it's somebody else who's young enough that they can take over, you know, and exist for a decade, a decade and a half. You've got, you've got to admit, if Henry Cavill is Bond, the fact that the guy would have played Bond and Superman, that just makes him pretty much the coolest person on the yeah, planet. And the, the man from Uncle, which was another Ian Fleming character creation. Well, there, there you go. I've been saving up my Idris Elba rant, and I'm not going to do it here. We'll find an episode to fit it in, but you pretty much summed it up, Colin. I'm against Henry Cavill. I don't think you can be Superman and James Bond. Like, out of all the James Bonds, yeah, I know Sean Connery was indiana jones's dad but that was a one-off film type thing ben affleck is batman and daredevil he is neither <laughs> different <laughs> um you can't really do that i and and the other thing is my answer to this question and this is going on another rant is we don't know the actor yet or the actor is in films like tomb raider it's not i hate these lists of who's the next bond and here's the 10 most famous male actors in the world on this list that's not what Bond is, you think of all the Bond actors. Daniel Craig was not a household name when he... Well, I know Tomb Raider is in everyone's DVD collection, but... And Layer was, Cake. Yeah. What was that? Tomb Raider? No. He is in... <laughs> he was not a household name. Pierce Brosnan, he was... He uh, was in the, the 80s, ca- but yeah. What, like, yeah, what's the character's name? Uh, Remington oh. Steele. Yeah, that's, that was... Tomb Raider. Uh, you like, can't I think be both Remington fate. Steele and James Bond. Come on. <laughs> but, like, I mean, was Remington Steele even on in, like, Australia? Like, maybe it was, but was it even on in England? Like, I'm not I sure. I actually hear it's coming to Snug soon, Noah. You'll be getting it soon, Snug. Yeah, so... It was, that was his fame, really, and, and he did stuff after that, but the show was cancelled, what, eight years before he was Bond? 
Yes. He so, was in Mrs. Doubtfire. So Remington still, like, he was still famous. I'm not saying these actors are unknowns. Like, he was well-known, but he's not the biggest household name ever. Roger mm. Moore, he was in The Saint. I'm he not sure how was. popular. That's an exception. <laughs> yeah. Sean Connery, not really at all. Like, people probably Timothy knew Galton, of him. Timothy Dalton, no. <laughs> I totally skipped. George Lazenby! He was <laughs> a household name from that cigarette commercial he did or whatever he... <laughs> That, those modelling shots he did. Um, Dalton, I think he wasn't he like more of a stage actor. Um, yeah. So that's like, the thing. Honestly, it it's not a household name. Yeah. 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 By it's unknown, I don't mean like this is their first film. By unknown, I mean it's not Tom Hardy. Yes. I. Oh, there's I another one I could agree. go on a rant on. <laughs> I completely agree, and I, I think I'm with you, Noah, and the Idris Elba rant and all this sort of stuff. But like, I mean, I, I will say like. In Idris Elba's defence, like he's not, he's not an A-list. Well, I mean, he's an A-list, but like he's not, like he's not. Well if you walk done, down the, so. but I if you walk down the street and ask ten people who Idris Elba is, you might get six of them say, "Yes, I know who he is." And Whereas most of them would say, "Isn't he the next James Bond?" <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I agree completely. I think at the end of the day, James Bond, the actor who plays James Bond, becomes famous for playing James Bond. They're not already famous, mm. and I mean, you know, it's it's. I think a lot of movie roles like that. I mean, we just saw that recently with the, you know, Star Wars movie that sort of all the main characters in that one that aren't, you know, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, like, they're all people who you've never really heard of, but now you're going to know a lot of them. And And the reason they can do that is because it's Star Wars. It's already its own brand. Exactly. James Bond Bond, does not have to rely on because the... The promotion and the selling is in the title James Bond, not in the title Idris Elba or Tom Hardy. Any, any franchise, exactly. Any franchise that has an established fan base and it doesn't matter who gets in that role, they will become famous for that. I mean, Brandon Ruth, I mean, for fuck's sake, he played Superman in one movie, but he'll always be Superman if you saw him on the street and not living in a box home or somewhere. But, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I think that... that his own TV whoever... show now. <laughs> He will, whoever James Bond, I mean, for fuck's sake, it could be a woman. We're in 2016 now. I mean, we're talking about the prospect of a, you know, a a non-white actor playing Bond. It could be a woman for all we know. Caitlyn Jenner is James Bond. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not touching that one. So, yeah, I, I think that. I mean, it's a great. I mean, we we should, maybe we'll do an episode on it and kind we of like do. find obscure British actors who played bit parts in you know video game franchises like Tomb Raider, who will go on to be James Bond. But look, in in three years' time, when they do the next one, in ten years' time, they're going to be a household name and they're going to be adored for being James Bond. Right now, they're chilling, sipping on tea in a modest little apartment because they've played a couple of modest roles in some modest movies with Hannah Stokely. I don't, yeah, I think we do need to do an episode because I could go on and on about this. But I think the day they cast someone already super famous is a huge, well, not the day that James Bond will die, but it will be a huge flaw. Well, it's going to get flack. I mean, we joke about Ben Affleck, but I mean, you know, when was the last, I mean, I know Christian Bale wasn't exactly, uh, not a, not, it was kind of maybe like a Pierce Brosnan or that. Like he was known for certain things, yeah. but he wasn't super, super A-list or he became one because of Batman. Ben Affleck's really like one of the first real major, major stars, like A-list and bang, you're Batman. Like, really? Like, he's always going to get criticism. Well, it's just the same thing. Even well, I'm not going to get into. It. We need to do an episode on this for sure because I've got, we've gone on a bit of a tangent here. I, I see feel. people post these things and it's just major face palm. Um, watch and, Mojo, stop it. Yeah, <laughs> bad watch Mojo, stop. Um, 
and even people. All right, I'm I'm not going to get into this. <laughs> it pisses me off. Um, so just to kind of cap off that discussion, um, we've kind of looking forward to the future. I've got a couple of questions, but the first major one is. Do you, because there's all this talk and this kind of harks back to when Colin said people weren't upset about Pierce Brosnan except for Ben. (laughs) Um, Do you want Daniel Craig back or are you ready for a new actor in 20, what will it be, probably 2018, the next one, I guess? Look, I'm not going to be disappointed if he doesn't return. I mean, it's not going to be Pierce Brosnan levels of disappointment. Um, but, I mean, you made a very good point when you said he's been in this role now for 10 years. I mean, that's, yeah, you got to hark back to Roger Moore for somebody you being in You can't overtake Roger Moore. Roger Moore always has to be the longest-running Bond. That's his thing. And, like, yeah, okay, you would make the argument, well, he's only been in four, Roger Moore had seven. But, like, I mean, if you did it in three years, Craig's 50. Um, and, look, I mean, he doesn't look a day over 40. Craig looks amazing for his age, but... And again, we shouldn't be ageist. Look, you know, fuck, I'm sure Sean Connery could probably still play James Bond tomorrow. I'm, I'm coming down much money, Penny. Um, but look, it, if he does, he does, and it wouldn't bother me. But if, he, I mean, I would, I, um, I think I'm at the point now where I'm probably more in favour of somebody new. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, we know now, we're kind of used to what James Bond is now. Like, you know, after Quantum of Solace, it was still kind of like, oh, I don't like this direction they're taking, Skyfall, you know, and we're sort of maybe at this point now, where yeah, okay, we might not like it, but we know what we've got, we've got to deal with it. So we've kind of established that canon, and it kind of might feel a bit weird if, like, we've got all the MI6 sex crew? The MI6 crew. <laughs> That's like they a are sex in this decade, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> with their... <laughs> With their established relationships, Christoph Waltz comes back and everybody's the same except for Idris Elba. So then it will be a bit weird, but... Um... Well, that was my second question that you may as well, while you're talking, and then uh, me and Colin will get to it. My second question was, if there is a new Bond, should they completely reboot it altogether? Not saying back to his first two kills again. <laughs> I just mean it's like... Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Every six years, let's start again. Yeah. Uh, should they do that, or are you fine with... Uh, Rafe and Money, Eve and Tanner and them continuing um, on, but with a new Bond. I'd probably be fine with that because I think Bond is kind of like one of the rare occasions in a film franchise where it generally works. Like, I mean, we have a new Bond, M's still Bernard Lee, you know, we've still got Lois Maxwell, you know, M, you know, Judy Dench stayed through Brosnan and, and Craig. I think it kind of works. Um, and it, I mean, it works in a unique way. Like, I mean, Bernard Lee had his own relationship with Connery, had his own relationship with Moore. You know, I mean, Judy Dent has oh, has different relationships with Brosnan and Craig. You know, it it kind of it works in its weird, unique way. So I think that keep them that way because if you if you go about for the next film and completely recast them all, then it, it's just going to feel like a Spider Man. All jokes aside, because it's kind of like, well, hang on a minute, we just got used to you know a new Money Penny, we just got used to a new Q. Why the fuck do we have to go back to this? I think keep them, but. Bond's the exception where you can get away with replacing him or her. Uh, to this, I'll answer the second part first. Um, I think that you need to keep that crew because even if the series is big enough that you don't need a name actor, I think that you still need that thing to make the audience comfortable because nobody really wants to start up from scratch over and over again. And even with uh, the Daniel Craig's keeping Judy Dench on, I think was a very conscious effort to make sure that they kept their old audience, at least in some part. And uh, 
I think you've developed these actors who really could go on. I mean, we talk about how Bond shouldn't be on for 10, 12 years. Uh, I think that you could have an M, a Q, and a Money Penny who are there through multiple actors through 20 years like the original ones had. So that part, I think... Naomi Harris is going to be in it for 20 years? Yeah, I think that she'll look better at 55 or whatever uh, Granny Naomi. Maxwell was as Granny Penny. But, Granny uh, Penny's back! <laughs> but Why couldn't uh, Carolyn Bliss be in it for 20 years? Uh, there's other reasons for that. Uh, <laughs> but... For Daniel Craig, the Daniel Craig, I think I want him back for another movie. Now, it's not just because I'm a big Daniel Craig fan. And I, I think that unlike the Roger Moore movies, here's why it's more appropriate if we were to have a 50-year-old Bond now rather than with Roger Moore. Because they're playing up on it. If you do a kill, they were still trying to make him this huge action star. And they've been playing with Bond's health since Quantum of Solace or his lack of good health since Quantum of Solace. They've been playing with his age and things taking a toll on him since Skyfall. There's no reason that they couldn't do this and just make it like Expendables Bond in a way. And I think that's an interesting idea that even Ian Fleming, you know, would have eventually got on to, I think, is because even he got onto the whole Bond health thing is that Bond's age would eventually catch up with him. And I think they could do something clever with that. The real reason I want Daniel Craig is just because of the story that is still left to be told. We have, I guess you could consider it like the first uh, 80% of Honor Majesty's Secret Service told now. I think we still need that end and we need that proper conclusion. We talked about in the book episode, Noah, about how there really should be like like a proper you only live twice out there. And that's what I think Spectre's sequel will give us if daniel craig comes back because it's a proper conclusion to story we could go on with you know tracy or i guess now if swan is that replacement character you could go on with something like swan's death and then blofeld escaping and then a final showdown between bond and blofeld and uh, we've never seen something like that with a bond girl actually coming back uh even if it is just briefly and i i just remember what peter hunt talked about in the the documentaries for Honor Majesty's Secret Service about how his idea was he didn't want to include Tracy's death at the end of the movie. He wanted that to be the pre-title scene for Diamonds Are Forever. And ever since he said that, I just imagined how great Diamonds Are Forever could have been as a proper revenge story. And changing actors didn't help. Changing tone didn't help either. And I think we'll be robbed of what... We were already robbed of what I think could have been one of the greatest sequels of all time in what the original Diamonds of Forever could have been with Peter Hunt, with Lazenby, and with a proper follow-up. And I just don't want to be robbed of that again. So one more movie just to tie this up. I think that's the perfect way to end it. And if there isn't one more, will you be upset? Or you just be like, eh, all right. I'll be upset only because we're again robbed of that story, and I don't think you can pull it off with another actor. So I think I'm... It's not if it was another actor coming in on any other movie, I would probably be okay with it. But coming in at this point after Spectre, I really do want that conclusion to Spectre. So I think I absolutely need Daniel Craig to tie this up. <laughs> uh, it is a I need it. Okay, <laughs> Colin needs it. Daniel, I need someone said this. Someone send this Daniel. podcast to Daniel so he can hear this. And, oh, Daniel's well, an avid listener. All right, I'll do it. Uh, okay, he, he would slit his wrists if he missed an episode of Double on Seven. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got mixed feelings. Uh, I, there's 
I want to do. I want Daniel Craig to do one more for an extremely petty, stupid reason that everyone would face palm about. Um, love his beautiful chest. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I, I love the fact that every single Bond has all had a different number of films that they've had. Like uh, Connery's had six, and Moore's had seven, and Brosnan's had four, and Dalton's had two, and Lazenby's had one. Um, that's a good point, but on that page, I, I don't want Craig to do more than Brosnan. <laughs> so. I'm just really petty like that, that I love that the fact that that means the next Bond either has to do three or eight of them <laughs> to keep up this thing. Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, Justin Bieber's going to do eight Bond films. I don't know. I, like, I think that's kind of cool that all the Bonds have had different amount of films that they've released. I don't know. Um... So there's my petty reason for why you should do it again. But I just think of it like they don't want Daniel Craig to leave at Eon, um, but it's going to happen eventually. Imagine the press around them setting up, because this is the final Daniel Craig film. It would probably outsell Skyfall, perhaps. Um, it would be a well, huge... Not necessarily, if they, like, released Die Another Day too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Die Another Day outsold all the other Brosnans. Yeah. It would be a Good point. It would be an event film. It would be major. Um, Imagine his interviews. <laughs> He'd be like actually happy in the interviews. Yeah, I'm out of it. Um, <laughs> what do you? I fucking love this film. It's brilliant. Because <laughs> the, the, we'd never really had that. You only live twice. Connery said, "Yeah, I'm leaving," but it was kind of during filming, wasn't it? Or during release? Or, I don't know. Um, and then Diamonds Are Forever, he said, this is my last one. But that's kind of different because Lazenby came in and it was kind of that ordeal. Roger Moore was saying he was going to leave for every film <laughs> since, like, the third he's one. He's still saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of just like, all right, he's finally out. Uh, Dalton never got to do his third one. Brosnan got fired. <laughs> it, so it would be a unique thing. It's kind of funny that all the bonds have kind of fizzled out towards the end, and this would be the big fifth and final. This is the this is the end of Daniel Craig. This is going to be huge. Everyone, come and watch it. Give us your money. And if they did a really good final one, they don't kill Bond or anything like that, but they do close the story. I think it could be really good. Uh, call it Shadhand, the end of the S trilogy. Daniel Craig, they promote it as the final one. Waltz is back, and he's they're going to conclude the Spectre story uh, and all of that. I think that could be a really good thing. So I would not be upset with Craig returning, even though I'm not a fan. And I've been saying since, because they're oh, I can't wait for the new Bond to come in. Um, so I think that could be really good. Uh, five films is a good number for him. I wouldn't like it if he kept going. I think six would be an overkill. Um so, yeah, I say do one more. If he doesn't, I'm not going to cry at all. I will be like, ah, oh, they didn't get to properly wrap this up, but I'm fine. So, ideal world, Craig's back for one final one, wrap up all of the story from his one. So, his five films kind of fit in their own category. Next film, we've got Bond 26. It's an all-new actor. Bring back the regular crew, preferably change Q, but I can live with it if the other crew are in there. And new Bond, new mission, completely separate from Spectre, just a, a brand new mission that has nothing to do with anything, just like Roger Moore in Live and Let Die or Dalton in The Living Donuts, and we start again from there. That's my ideal thing. Um, cool. <laughs> it's a kind of an interesting thing, because we can't really say what 
elements continued. But it is interesting to think about the future. I'm just sick of articles about Daniel Craig quits for a TV show. Well, stop writing the articles. It's <laughs> yeah, upsetting our hopes. <laughs> Fucking journalists. <laughs> Who would be one of them? Um, Why would you? It's scum of the earth. It's just annoying. Just the headlines revolving. It really took away from Spectre in a way, just the headlines. And now the new headlines. Daniel Craig films a TV show. Quits James Bond. Well, it's a miniseries. How long does it take to film a freaking miniseries? Um, it's mini and it's a series. Exactly. It's, it's not a big series. It's just annoying. All right, let's move on. We're going to have to do an episode about future bonds and stuff like that. Let's get into our final closing questions. We'll zip through these, especially as we don't have too much. Like, we've got four films, but some some of them don't even have Bond girls in them. Um, So, first up, we talk about the best main girl and the best secondary girl. Uh, So, the main girls, we've got Vespa, Camille, Madeline, Swan... Not you could say Eve or you could say M, but there's really not one for Skyfall, so we've got three options there. And secondary girl, you got Solange, Severin, Fields, um, Monica Bellucci, what's her name? Skiara. That's pretty much the main ones. There's a few other little girls in there, but that's the main one. A few other little girls? The little girls. <laughs> little roles. <laughs> it's not Dolly again. I'm, yeah, this is Dolly's say, return. Well, what are we watching? Little what? <laughs> um, Don't go. Yeah, no, I won't. Trust me. Um, so, main girl. Yeah, we've got three. Well, it's not Camille. She can get fucked. Uh, <laughs> she's not she top did. of anything. That's the problem. <laughs> exactly. She's not on top of Craig. She's not on top of the list. She's not anywhere. Um, so, really, it's between Vesper and Swan. Um, and... Uh, there, is there not, is there an option here? I mean, it's got to be Vesper. Surely it's got to be Vesper. I mean, I like Swan, um, but I think kind of on rewatches, the fact that she just essentially turns into a damsel in distress, you know, and she's maybe one of the few things about Spectre that kind of goes down slightly, no pun intended. Um, so I'll take Vesper because I think that's probably going to be a unanimous decision. Oh, you're not meant to choose that because that's not how it works. Um, secondary one, well, it's not going to be Solange. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, strawberry Fields, yeah, Severin, no. Um, and, oh, I do like Monica Bellucci, but I guess it's got to be Strawberry. I kind of feel we're going to have a sweep for both of these ones here. I mean, Strawberry's yeah, only Yeah, I'm just going to, Vesper and Strawberry. Yeah. Vesper and Strawberry, is that unanimous for everyone? I mean, it's really a fairly cut-and-paste situation here, I feel. I think we, we everyone goes for those. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in agreement. Um, I, I think Vesper is such a clear choice. I mean, we could do all-time Bond girls, and it may be a sweep, I don't know. But with the secondary ones, I just want to put out there, uh, Strawberry Fields is hands down my choice. Again, I could do an all-time secondary Bond girls, and Strawberry Fields would be pretty high up there for me. Why but. Considering I, I how much I love Eve Money Penny now, I actually wasn't really loving her when I first saw Skyfall, and I found even after Spectre came out, I I still didn't really love her in Skyfall. But this past time watching it, I really liked the Eve character, the idea of the Eve character in Skyfall. So uh, just revisiting that movie, I I, I want to give her some props because the idea that there's this agent who almost killed Bond, and then he has to work with her. I, that that was kind of a fun idea that I liked uh, going back and watching again. 
Vesper and Strawberry. Okay. Um, so, villain and henchman come next. Um, I guess with henchman, realistically, we technically only have one official one, don't we, Mr. Hinks? But We've got Elvis. I guess Elvis. Um, Patrice. The, but, uh, is, is Vesper technically a henchman? No. No. Demetrio, I mean, I don't know. Like, you've oh, yeah, got a few. Would you... Demetrio, yeah. Patrice. Yeah, the, the um. I think we're gonna have another sweep that, here. Oh, Mr. With White. The machete guys. Yeah, Mr. Mr. White counts. Yeah, was he not a villain? No. No, not main villain. Well, he, okay. True, but it wasn't no? Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, okay. Well, Mr. Hinks is gonna take it for me. I mean. I think. Oh shit! I'm not am I? Sorry. Shit. Whatever. I will come back to me. Um, I'm doing a Colin right now. Uh, villains. <laughs> um, <laughs> doing what? well. We then. don't have um, waters in Double Odd Seven. It's all natural. <laughs> villains. Obviously, we have the Sheaf, and I guess you could put Mr. White. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Stop with the- that, Mr. White villain thing. <laughs> um, Quantum didn't have a villain. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Dominic Green. If anyone votes Dominic Green, you're fired. Um, General Rapo, is he a villain? or um, <laughs> <The> henchman. <laughs> henchman. Skyfall Silver, and obviously we have Blofeld. Oh, what about Denby? Where, where does Denby, where does Denby fall I into think. it? Yeah, he would be a Denby. Like, Denby. Um, so, I mean, again, not a whole lot to choose from here, but uh, again, we fascinated. might have a sweep here, although I'm fascinated about the villain more so here. Uh... Yeah, I think it's going to be a sweep, at least for henchmen. Um, I mean, I do like Mr. White, but I think Mr. White in only one movie does not stand out as a great henchman. You kind of need that whole Mr. Let's call it the Mr. White trilogy. That's what it really is. <laughs> but um, the packaging, the DVDs. The White trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, there'll be the re-release box at the Mr. White trilogy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Hinks is hands down the choice. And, and it's funny to say that because... I think when I first saw the movie, I probably held him a lot higher than I did on this past rewatch and realizing they could have dragged him out a little bit longer in the movie. They could have done a little bit more with him, but it still was a traditional henchman. So Hinks is an obvious choice. And uh, yeah, for villains, I mean, for me, it's obviously Silva. There's no contest, but this is kind of the opposite. I feel with the exception of green, that is, this is the opposite of henchman where, there's three out of four really strong choices and it's not a knock against anybody to not have them right at the top, but uh, I would definitely go with Silva as my number one. The henchman's funny because I would also say Mr. Hinks, but I'm not a huge Mr. Hinks fan. That What Hinks- about Mitchell? Mitchell, yeah, he's up there. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny that, yeah, the villains are so strong in this um, decade, but the henchmen really aren't like Mr. Hinks will not be in my top five when we do our henchmen rankings, but he is my top beer. Um, but I, I like Demby. I think he's a good villain henchman. Um, Mr. White's good, but they're not really traditional. Um, villain is interesting cause I have no freaking clue. Um, it's not Dominic green, but the other three could all be up there. Uh, I'm a little sheaf fanboy, but are the other ones better? I'm not sure. Um, Blofeld, why not? I don't know. They're all good. I, I think they're all, th- all those three are equal, so I have no clue. But I'll say Blofeld because Christoph Waltz is awesome. Mr. Hinks, no question uh, about that one. Um, and I was going to go for Blofeld, so I will still go for Blofeld. Uh, I talked him so up. So I'll again. go Dominic Green. 
the Spectre <laughs> one. Uh, but I'm all I'm completely with Colin though in terms of just Silver as well. I mean, he's just all. I mean, I you could easily fit Silver and Blofeld in the top ten um, greatest of all time. So uh, yeah, Blofeld will steal it by a scar whisker on his face. And that moves us on to the opposite of henchmen, uh, which would be the allies. And this series, the Daniel Craig series, really is the series for MI6 crews. But I don't know if we really had as many allies as past ones have. I think that's something that I think Inspector, I kind of would have liked to have had a little bit more of. But there's still, I guess, the MI6 crew could kind of be included in this because their roles were different. So... In Casino, obviously, Mathis would be the ally. Felix is in there, too. It's a smaller role. Uh, Quantum, it's the same two guys, I guess. Um, that film then was Skyfall, did he have... A, Eve would Eve would be his ally. What was Bronson. that? No, it's Kincaid. Kincaid, that's right. Kincaid's the classic the ally. ally of that. Yeah. Bronson! Bronson, Ron- yeah, he's up there. Let's throw Bronson in there for his blinking at the beginning of Skyfall. <laughs> He sacrificed himself. <laughs> and Spectre, um, Spectre is a tough one too because I guess Swan is kind of an ally as is Q, I guess, on the field. Mr. But White. Mr. White may be an ally, but yeah, it's it, the MI6 crew kind of dominates this because I guess you could include Mallory, Money Penny, and Q all in this. But uh, yeah, with the other ones out there, Kincaid and Mathis, uh, I think there's a couple of strong ones in there. I'm just. I'm gonna say yeah, Carter. I'm gonna say Mathis, but I do like Kincaid. He's kind of the traditional male ally. Um, but Mathis is a great kind of anti-hero, Valentine, Valentine type uh, male ally. So I'll put him up there. But yeah, it's really about the MI6 crew. There's not much room in these films for other people. But if we're discounting non them, I'm gonna say Mathis. He's awesome. Yeah, I think Mathis too. Um, special note to Ronson for his sacrifice. Um, and Kincaid, yeah, I'm not as high up on him as you two were, but he's still good. But, um, yeah, Mathis for sure, I think um, he he wins this easily. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Kincaid just because I think if you're looking at Mathis, both movies combined, I think Mathis was the best thing about uh, Quantum of Solace for sure. And I think he was stronger in Quantum than he was in Casino. But I think without Casino there, I couldn't judge him just on one movie as high as I could judge Kincaid on one movie. So, I mean, Kincaid's fun. I mean, come on. This is the first time we've seen, like, what, an 80-year-old man try to get it on in a Bond movie. And he probably had almost more... Ac- you? He, Roger, well, Moore. Roger Moore? <laughs> yeah, Roger Moore. <laughs> but... Uh, Bond didn't have a lot of game with the ladies in Skyfall. So, I mean, I'm going to give it up to Kincaid just because he was putting it out there more than Bond was. Let's go Kincaid. The Kincaid root count. But I just want to quickly, I want to quickly, just before we go talk on the MI6 crew, not that I think they're contenders against Mathis or Kincaid, but I think that one thing I did like was how they found a way to give these characters roles where they were more like allies than just the MI6 crew. I mean, particularly with Money Penny and Skyfall, but even with Q in Spectre and with Mallory in Skyfall, I like the idea that they're operating outside of just the regular office environment, and it worked well, I think. I like it too, but enough with it now. Let's bring it back to normal next film. Um, Unless Money Penny's in her panties again, in which case, bring it on. 
Yeah, I would take that. Um, money panties. <laughs> money Hashtag pa- money panties. <laughs> pre-title and... No, pre-title. Um, we've got the uh, short black and white kind of artsy-fartsy thing in Casino Royale with his two kills. Quantum of Solace, who cares? Uh, Skyfall, we've got um, the big one with the... Bond getting shot and chasing after Patrice in Turkey with the train and the thing ripping it off. And Spectre, you've got Mexico City. What were you doing there? I was taking some overdue holiday. Um, and Quantum was the dumb car chase. Well, it's not going to be Cinerail or Quantum. It's either going to be Spectre or Skyfall. And I'm going to give it to Spectre... Um, again, I talked it down on the reaction one and kind of talked it back up again when I got to the recap. I mean, I think I was higher on the Skyfall one than both of you were. I think it's a great opening sequence. Um, but I mean, Spectre just with the way it's shot and then, uh, the couch, <laughs> just <laughs> special props to the couch and the helicopter and the flip and just, yeah, um, I will give it to Spectre. Yeah, um... It really is just those two, Skyfall and Spectre. Uh, and I'm not even that down on the car chase. I think there were a, a couple of cool stunts in there. But it's just that and Casino were so short. Not even that short ones are that much of a problem because I guess Sean Connery pulled it, pulled it off. But I think this series, you really want something bigger. And Spectre it just can't be top for me. I, I've said it from the beginning. And I love the Skyfall one. But that opening shot alone makes that the best of... The, this bunch and then you add in there the helicopter stuff and even you know just the environment of him uh in the middle of this day of the dead festival and then the the, the girl him leaving the girl and i won't be long there's so much good stuff in there and the ring the setup i love the specter pre-title scene i can't wait to rank that among all pre-title scenes yes yeah, specter it's almost like a mini movie in itself uh but props to center i think it's still pretty cool um but it has to be Spectre. I wasn't as high on Skyfall, not that I dislike it, but Spectre is an amazing opening sequel. All right, the main song alongside the titles, I guess, uh, obviously Casino Royale, you know my name, Chris Cornell, with sort of the animated Noah uh, sequence with all the cards and everything. Quantum of Solace, nothing happened in that one. don't remember what happened there. Um, Skyfall, obviously Adele, Academy Award-winning song mixed with pretty fancy titles. And Spectre, yeah, that the um, first gay guy to win an Oscar sang it, and um, it had octopus porn. Uh, and Quantum of Solace, we had two people screaming at each other and uh, somebody creating the title sequence on, like, a, a Windows 95 PC. Uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to see if this can be a sweep, but... Um, I, I, I I don't have any contest for this. It's definitely Skyfall, and I don't mind, other than writings on the wall, I don't mind the other three songs. I'm not that down on Another Way to Die, because I think, as I said in that episode, I think as an instrumental, that song works. And You Know My Name is a song that I, it definitely had to grow on me, and it t- probably took several years for it to really grow on me, but I do like it. But Skyfall, from the second I heard that song, playing over those credits, I just... It was instantly, like, for me, one of the greatest Bond songs I'd ever heard, and I still listen to that song all the time, so Skyfall easily wins it for me. And what about title sequence? Oh, the title sequences, we're doing that too. I, see, now I wasn't paying attention. None of us really listen to each other on this podcast. <laughs> we all what? just wait for our own chance to talk. Uh, title sequence. Brains tribe. 
uh, survivor references nobody else gets, uh, um, other than our listeners, Nick Chester and Cable Brandon, uh, Catherine, Catherine. I guess all of our listeners, are, <laughs> Jamie, five you out there, Jamie. Um, she doesn't listen. Ben Waterworth. Not sure about Lee. Well, okay, let's go with pre-title scenes or the title sequences. I'm backtracking now. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't listening. No. I just got it. See, now I'm not listening. Get the get the <laughs> joke like thirty seconds later. Just like just like you know my name, it takes a couple of years for Ben's jokes to kick in. It's very funny because <laughs> you get. Them. Uh, no, I mean I I think that the the Casino Royale one is so good, and I love Spectre, and but it's so hard to decide between those two. But they're polar opposite. Spectre is so over the top and so special effects heavy. I think and. Casino Royale is so simple and traditional. They're just exact opposites. Uh, it's so hard to decide. I think if we were doing this four months ago after seeing Spectre, I probably would show Spectre in a second. But as more time has passed, and especially after doing the rewatch Casino Royale, I just I love that opening uh, or the title sequence of Casino Royale with the cards and. It's so different from all the other Bonds because it's not really about graphics and. You know, CGI and I, I love I have to go with Casino Royale but I mean, Spectre is great too it's just I didn't think that I would have Casino Royale 10 years later grow on me as much as it did um, yeah I kind of think you're going to be surprised and I wanted to save this for this kind of shocker for the rankings of songs but for my me it would be you know my name uh, over Skyfall, so blam, shocker. Um, I think that song is just really great for it. Just suits Bond so well, and I think Sky they would both probably be in my top ten. But yeah, you know my name takes it for me for that one. Writing it on the wall, that sucks. Um, title sequence. I'm with you on the confliction with those two ones, and. I'm probably going to put Casino Royale up, but when we do our rankings of the title sequences, I really think those both are going to be top 10 because I think the Spectre one is just amazing and it works with every single song, as we've found out. Um, so that's another plus. But it's the Casino Royale one is simple but so awesome. Spectre is just looks amazing. So that both are equal, but I'll go with Casino Royale. Well, no, you thought you were going to be the one to bring the shock out there. I can tell you right now that I'm going to bring the shock out because I'm going with another way to die. Um, <laughs> you're funny. There's the fart effect. Um, Every time he doesn't like songs, he's got a fart. Um, I thought you were going to say writing on the wall. I nearly hung up. I, he can't I, even bring himself to make that as a joke. You see how disgusted he is? <laughs> Look, I mean, I am conflicted over Skyfall and You Know My Name because um, I fucking love You Know My Name as well. I just think it's so good. It's just so Bondy and just the way it starts off with a... Um, but Skyfall is so traditional. It's so Bondian in its own right. Just so, you know, 60s Shirley Bassey-esque. And it's just, it just sounds and screams Bond. Um, and I mean, it won an Oscar. The the one of the two films that won an Oscar that was deservingly so of winning an Oscar, even though it's sung by fucking Adele. Um, I'm gonna give it to you know my name just because I feel like I can drive down the street and pump that out and feel cool rather than <laughs> driving around the streets of Claremont listening to Adele sing Skyfall. Although if I if I could sing any James Bond song, 
I would want to sing Skyfall just because I think that would be amazing. Yeah, no issue pumping Die Another Day as you go down the streets of Hobart. I don't give a fuck. That's cool because it's Madonna, so I, shut up. I just want to um, point something out really quickly. <laughs> the two guys who have done nothing for the last couple of months but criticized the idea of 90s bands doing Bond themes picked Soundgarden basically as the best Bond theme of the Craig era. It's not Madonna. Um... And title sequence, this is hands down. There's not even a question. Casino Royale, to me, it's a top five, you know, opening. T- I mean, it might be the best opening title sequence of all time. I think it's fucking brilliant, and there's not even a comparison. I, I reckon it, I-, I will go out on a limb and say it is the best title sequence of all time. I just think it's, oh, it's great. Your yeah, I just think it's it's such a unique and brilliant one that, you know, generally, I think we even talked about in that episode, that if you see a title sequence, for the most part, sometimes you're like, oh, what's that one from, what's that from? But, like, the one that's, and this is the one that is so unique that no matter whenever you see it, you know automatically what film it is and uh, hands down wins it by far. And is it me now? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Who well, could I'm, it be now? Yes. I'm looking at this and I did Allies and then listening. it was the themes and title sequences after that. Oh, no, the pre-title scene was Noah. Ned, what? We don't have a list of things we need to talk about in the no, episodes. It's all natural. There is nothing. <laughs> it's all completely off the top of our head, Colin. Colin, I don't, don't do go off the script. changing things up. Uh, all right. Colin asks on. if it's his turn. That's in the script. <laughs> Pretend this it's is... funny and that we're reading off a script. <laughs> this is good. The first one is going to be harder to judge because we didn't really have as many of it. But uh, Q scene. So he was only brought in in Skyfall. And I don't know if he was really even brought in till Spectre. But Q scenes and gadgets. Uh, so Skyfall, we have the scene with him in Bond and the... Uh, the what do you call it um the, the painting and the radio and the gun that we don't go in for that anymore and then specter we have the q lab scene i guess the new q lab if we're going to include that as a q scene we could really include any q scenes him at swans uh peace gloria whatever we're going to call it and uh him hacking with them at the end of the movie i don't know but uh the gadgets in Spectre were what? I'm already forgetting. Uh, the DB10, I guess, watch. counts. The watch, uh, yeah, the watch. DB10 and the watch. So we really only have two gadgets in each movie. So Q scenes, Q gadgets. Only two movies to rank. Only two gadgets to rank. Um, well, Q gadget. I'll just say the palm print gun because I think that's a cool idea that I don't get why. Every agent doesn't use them. Um, but there's really nothing good, and that's a criticism of the Craig era. Um, the couch is mine for that. Um, <laughs> Q scene, they're all shit. Uh, well, <laughs> that's a bit harsh, but um, maybe the P's Gloria. Like I like when he orders the enzyme shake, and then he gets chased by baddies on the snow ski, and then figures out the ring is Spectre. So I guess it's that. But the the first Q-Lab scene in Spectre is decent as well. Um, so, Or when he's talking to Bond over the the train with the duh thing, that's pretty good too. Like, open <laughs> oh, the door, yeah. put you back into it, that's pretty good too. Get I don't like Ben Wishaw. <laughs> well, I don't um, like Ben Wishaw. I don't like his portrayal of Q. Favourite bit was him laughing at his own joke, maybe. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, special dishonorable mention to the fact that he bags out the pen from Goldeneye. <laughs> like, no. And then they literally like have it. an exploding watch in the next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, just Q in in Spectre. I mean, Skyfall. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, there's just just nothing stands out. I'm with you. Like, it's a real downfall from the Craig films and. You know, oh, he's sexy, chic, geek. Look, oh, let's all get hot and heavy over him. But um, gadget-wise, um, smart blood, does that count? That's kind of a gadget. You can get tracked. Um, but the gun's cool with the palm print reader. That's sort of interesting. Um, I, I want one of those things on my computer where you can read the ring and somehow find out, like, fucking the ring. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just want to quickly point out Ben's always talking about Ben Wishaw as being the sexy Q, the geek she Q. <laughs> Yet in these movies, they try really hard to portray him as like this this guy who tells bad jokes and is a recluse and has a couple of cats. Like he's this this lonely cat guy. But Ben just looks at this sexy man. He just can't get over it. <laughs> but that's like what people go for now, Colin. Like well, it's what you go for. I'm getting, but I don't think it's the way they're portraying Q in these movies. He's no Daniel Craig. <laughs> we, we know that. We know your feelings on Craig. Um, I, I should point out there was technically gadgets in Casino Royale too. I don't even know if we had anything in Quantum. Yeah. Uh, maybe the camera, the <laughs> Quantum or something like that. But the defibrillator thing in the car is an interesting idea. Um, it's, it is interesting though that we have the DB10, the DB5, and we're probably all going to go with the gun here. I think, again, that's one of the issues is that we had a cool gadget with the palm print gun. And there was that bit where the guy basically died because he couldn't fire the gun and Bond had that great line. It's like, yeah, let's see how that works out or whatever he said. But I wish they had more of that. I wish that they that, that came back in another movie. It would be great just two or three movies down the road to have that gun come back again where they don't even introduce it as a gadget. You just remember the palm print gun. So that, that would be my vote. And, and the Q scene... I, I didn't even think about the whole train bit when you were mentioning it, uh, although I do really like the whole get on the train thing, so I'll probably go with that, but I do think I'm the defender of the Q-Lab scene and the bad jokes in uh, Spectre, so I like that one too. But the train sequence, yeah, that was fantastic, especially in a movie where Q wasn't really that good yet and they hadn't even really found the character. I really like that scene. All right, let's quickly wrap this up with the vehicle battle. So we've got Bond versus Mr. Hinks in Italy. We've got the dumb opening Quantum of Solace thing. We've got Bond chasing Patrice on a bike. Um, Casino Royale, we've got... Do we have anything? Flippy, 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 flippy. Okay, whatever that is. Vespa. Yeah, Yeah, the car flips. Yeah, I guess so. I think that's He drives a bulldozer for about six seconds. Yeah, that's one. I think... How can you not conclude the car chasing Casino Royale? It's a famous scene. The car flips. Like, because we're all going to pick famous... the Mr. Hinks one. That's why. Um, well, it's also and... a famous moment. I don't know if the, the car chase even goes 60 seconds. Yeah. A climax. Well, he's in a car and he's chasing someone. Vehicle it's a car chase. And climaxes. We've got the sinking house. We've got the hotel in the middle of nowhere. We've got the house in the middle of nowhere and we've got the building in the middle of London. Um, car ch- well, I mean, also the, the plane chase kind of when there's Mr. Hinks is what we're all going to pick. So let's just <laughs> do it. Well, I want to give, sp- I actually, I quite like the car chasing quantum. I'm not going to choose it, but I mean, it's still kind of cool. Do I love the way that car crashes over the side and 
spins down the bit there. That's that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you guys were quite down on the plane bit in Spectre, but I like that bit, even though it's sort of you know could have gone a bit longer. But yeah, it's got to be the car chase in in Spectre, of course, in Italy, um, just for the humor bits and all that sort of stuff. Final sequences. Well, look, I haven't you know they're very weak in the Daniel Craig films. They're just they're so weak. Um, they're just they're so weak. <laughs> just shit. Um, if you look at the grand scheme of James Bond movies, the climaxes of the Craig films are just a horrible. Um, I don't mind Spectre with like I mean it looks cool in the way they blow up the building, uh, the headquarters, and then with chasing the helicopter. Skyfall, I mean, it's beautifully shot, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's just Home Alone with the house catches on fire and Em and Kincaid get it on before she dies. Um, Quantum, the mysterious hotel in the middle of fucking Bolivia that everybody's flocking to go stay in since Quantum of Solace with just the most safest gas tanks in the world. Um, but so it's got to go to Casino Royale, I guess, with the, the floating house and the way that's sinking in Venice. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the most unique out of all of them. I mean, it sets a precedent for all Craig films that we're going to be set in a building, basically, like this and, you know, whatever. But, yeah, no, Cinerio, why not? Uh, I just want to first put out there that I probably prefer the plane chase in Quantum over the plane chase in Spectre. That's how much I think that one doesn't work. But uh, it's easily the DB10 uh, Hinks chase. And that really stands up against almost any action scene in any Bond movie. I think that one's really strong. For the climaxes, I think you guys are being too hard on it. I mean, the action isn't at the level of the Pierce Brosnans, but you talk about how they're all kind of the same. The Pierce Brosnans were all kind of the same. It was just, uh, we're going to be in some type of uh, boss base, and it's all going to blow up by grenades, and then I'm going to get out before it sinks you know, or collapses. Uh, or crashes and die another day. It's really just all explosions going around along uh, around Bond. And you know, even if you go back to the Sean Connery's Roger Moore's, they're all the same thing. Anyways, it's just get out before the thing blows up. So I like that the Daniel Craig's did something different. Um, I didn't mind the Quantum of Solace one as much as you guys did. I definitely don't like the Spectre one. I think that's the weakest thing about Spectre is that it really doesn't work on any level. I think Casino Royale and Skyfall, even if the action isn't at the level of the Pierce Brosnan's or the Roger Moore's or Sean Connery's had, it's the drama in there that makes them great climaxes. You have Vesper's death, you have M's death, and it's more than just the Home Alone thing in Skyfall too. I mean, there's the the thing with them falling through the ice. That's fantastic. There's the the whole church scene. That's great. Um, I think that either of those stand up as great classic climaxes and. Even though Casino Royale is a movie that took me a while to come around on, it probably took me, well, I guess the second watch, like oh, two weeks later when I saw it. But the climax was something I was always happy about. I was glad that we had this big collapsing building. It's very unique, and I, I still love the Casino Royale one, so I'm going to go with that. Vehicle, it's Mr. Hinks, although I do like motorbikes um, or motorbike chases. Uh, climax. Casino is up there because of Vespa's death. But I'm going to go Skyfall just based on M's death because this is like Vesper, it hurt bad, but M we've known for seven films and it was kind of like, no, Judy. And uh, Bond and M probably had sex more than him and Vesper too. Yeah, probably. Um, if you put a wig on seven years. I said Bond and him there. That was unintentional, I think. <laughs> um, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, we got <laughs> 
And just Kincaid's there, and I like the ice and the fact that it's James Bond's house and you've got a good silver kind of ending. So I'll, I'll give it to that. So that's kind of the end of that. Uh, we're going to wrap this episode up, but Ben, do you quickly have the wrappy-uppy things of the other thingy things? things? Um, yeah, I do. But just quickly um, before we do, I realise that we've gone this far into the episode without playing this. <laughs> Sorry for all the Die Another Day fans, both of you out there. It's been a while since we've heard that. Um, but yes, uh, what have we got here? What bit do we up to? Um, do we up to? Do we up to? Oh, yes, this bit, I guess, which uh, involves kissing and banging. Mr. Kiss, kiss, bang, um, Did you hear that? Good, I did. Now, I was quite intrigued about how these would turn out so uh, do we you say rem- oh wait are you going to give us the craig ones but we'll save the total for next episode where we did the total inspector so it's not really <laughs> spoiling trying to keep a secret here um so what we've kind of done obviously because this episode is covering 2006 to 2015 we've kind of got two decades but as we went through in the brosnan one so we've still when it comes to separating it via the decades the 2000s kill count and all that sort of stuff includes die another day whereas the 2010s ones is obviously just skyfall and spectre so this is the only part where we've separated them so for the 2000s the final kill count so this is die another day casino royale and quantum of solace 42 kills four intimate encounters six martinis and two bonds james bonds so i can tell you that in terms of kills uh it's the lowest only two behind the 80s um roots it's the lowest martinis it's the most (laughs) in any decade um and bond james bond it's the lowest in the 2010s so far well they've already had more kills in the 2010s than in the 2000s 45 kills in the 2010s four roots again uh, two martinis and two bonds, James Bonds. When it comes to the actors, uh, so Daniel Craig, after four films, is this the end for him? We don't know. We'll soon find out. 72 kills, which puts him in uh, fourth place. So one behind Roger Moore, who had 73 over seven films. Uh, Sean Connery in 84 and Brosnan on 96. Um, Roots, um, he has six which puts him in fourth place as well. He's ahead of Dalton and Lazenby, although Lazenby had three in his one film and Craig's had six in his four. So <laughs> Lazenby's just horny. Um, Martini's, well, Craig wins. He's got six, which is more than anybody. Uh, one more than Brosnan, so uh, he's winning that one. And for Bonds, James Bonds, three, which uh, just puts him just ahead of Dalton and Lazenby. And the same amount as Connery, believe it or not. So... There you go. And the total, just if you didn't miss it at Spectrum, you don't want to be spoiled and you want to hear it in the next one, which we're going to say it to you anyway. 345 kills, 59 sexes, uh, 23 martinis, and 26 bonds, James Bonds. Um, what do I do? Rankings now? Do we, Do I do that or do you we'll talk about that? Well, you have the summary, so I think you have to. True. All right. Rankings. Let's hear it. Rankings. Rankings, baby. Yes, brilliant, great. Um, so with the summary here, so basically this is just the order um, of the films from our perspective. So we're all exactly the same with the exception of me. 
Uh, so we've all got Cassandra Royale at the top. We've all got Quantum of Solace at the bottom. Uh, you two have Skyfall second and Spectre third. I have Spectre second and Skyfall third. So that's the only difference. So the only thing we really need to do here is rank the decade um, amongst all the other decades. So And then we'll do the Hall of Fame. So uh, I, I will go first, I take it. Um, and I did a little analysis, as I've done in the other episodes, where I looked at the top half to see how many of each decade we've got in our top half. So the top 12... Um, and because I kind of like to base mine on that, but I've done something different here. So if we look at the 2000s, which is 2006 to 2015, I have three of the films in my top half. Noah has three of the films in his top half. Colin has two of the films in the top half. So uh, the nice close spread there. But look, I am going to put this decade at the bottom, just because. Uh, it's the least Bondian out of all of them, and as a traditionalist of the James Bond films, and is not saying that these aren't enjoyable films to watch. They're enjoyable films to watch, and I like them. And I, you know, might still watch a, a Spectre over a, a You're, You Only Live Twice. But on the grand scheme of James Bond, these are the least Bondian films out of all of them. So to me, hands down, it's got to go right down, smack bang to the bottom. So uh, I'm putting this as the fifth and last of the decades of all the James Bond films. Well, I don't know if I go. <laughs> uh, no, I think I it's was Colin to, next, but... isn't it? <laughs> well, I was supposed to go first, but anyway. Sorry, Noah. That is okay, Ben. Noah Off points script, to Colin yeah. to talk. Okay, I guess I'm talking then. Talk! Why is it? This is the episode where we actually have... We have the most structure in these episodes as (laughs) actual pointers on one point or the other, and this is always the episode we screw up on. Why is that? I blame Ben. Okay. There Uh, is no answer in the script. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because when you said that I had only two in my top half versus you guys having three in your top half, I... thought that this would make it even odder the ranking where I'm going to put it but at the same time I guess it should be noted that you two have quantum a lot lower than I have it so even though I only have two of these movies in my top half the other two aren't that far outside of it um, they're definitely not very last because I think that if I'm really comparing this and I, I don't know I'm not looking at my rankings right now and maybe I have more 70s movies higher than these or more 80s movies but I would rank this second. Um, I think that it tells the most, like I said, most cohesive story since the 60s. Uh, I think that they brought back a lot of Bond things in the right timing. They rebooted the series in a way that was necessary. Um, Daniel Craig gave it his all in all the movies. He didn't really have a lazy effort. He had bad material in one, but it wasn't lazy. And there's a lot of good supporting characters in here and great villains for the most part. For the most part, um, yeah, so I'd rank this just behind the 60s. Uh, I think it's, if nothing else, it's on the strength of those two movies, Casino Royale and Skyfall, that are just so good that I think it blows away anything else in the other decades. Uh, I'm going to put it fourth, second last. It's just not Bond to me, but like I said, three of them are in the top half, so clearly I still like the films. Um so, yeah, technically it's not even a decade, it's two decades, but, uh, yeah, I'm putting it second last, but really it could go all over the place, I don't know, well, maybe it is better than the 80s. Uh, I can't believe you got a blow, I remember when we first started, you said you hated the 80s the most. <laughs> I said I hated the 80s. 
Keep in mind, you got license to kill in there and a view to a kill. Like, you you think that this decade is lower than that? Ben put it last, all right? Don't get I on my back. I expect that out of Ben. Ben's dumb on everything. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> uh, uh, second last, because this really doesn't matter for anything. <laughs> it's just a dumb podcast. Uh... <laughs> Everybody tunes out now. Since we That's our matter. tagline, 007. A dumb podcast. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, second last. I don't know. I'll change it next week anyway. Are we going to offer that change as well in our next episode? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. I do have, just quickly, I have the list here that like of each decade. So, Colin, you've got five of the 60s movies in your top half, 170s, 280s, 290s slash 02, and two 2000s. Noah, you've got, you've got the most even spread out of everyone, I think. 460s, 370s, 180s, 190s, and 32,000s. I have 160s, 170s, 380s, 490s, and 32,000s. You have 180s movies in the top half, and you're ranking it better. Um, and what do we have here? So the order of our decades in. So mine is 90s, 80s, 60s, 70s, 2000s. Noah's is 60s, 70s, 80s, 2000s, 90s. Last travesty. Colin has 60s, 2000s, 90s, 70s, and 80s. All right. Uh, that's everything, isn't it? We don't need to do dumb Peter Travers. He is a stupid idiot. Um, I rank him last in all reviewers ever. Um so that's it for the Daniel Craig and for our rewatch. Uh, are we not looking at the Hall of Fame bits of the movies? Hall of Fame. Hall of I can hear it playing it's now. The Hall of Fame. It's the Hall, the Hall with the classic scenes. <laughs> yes, these episodes always end up turning crap. So. Um, what do we do here? We choose, don't we choose one from each, one Hall of Fame scene from each one that we think is the standout? What was Casino Royale then? All right, so the Casino Royale Hall of Fame scenes were the torture scene, the parkour chase in Madagascar, and Vespa's death. Torture scene. Torture. Torture scene. Bondamus. All right. Quantasols didn't have any because it was shit. <laughs> we have the opera the scene, the death of Mathis, and the death of Green. Opera. <laughs> yeah, I'd go with opera. None. Opera. The credits. Yeah. <laughs> no, because that had the gun barrel at the end, and that annoys me. True. Skyfall had Silver's intro scene, Final Chapel Showdown slash M's death, and opening train sequence. Silver. Chapel Showdown, M's death. Silver's intro. I'd go Silver's intro. Sorry, no. And Spectre, Spectre, Spectre has the boardroom meeting, pre-title sequence, Mr. Boardroom, White meeting boardroom, slash death boardroom. slash kite <laughs> dancing in boardroom, a hurricane scene. Boardroom, boardroom. boardroom. That was like 10 scenes. Boardroom. Boardroom. Boardroom? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Easy. Done. <laughs> there Colin we go. Think wants the boardroom. Just Skyfall. Done. <laughs> All right. Now can we talk about next episode? Oh, we're going to talk about the next decade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just Elba and... Flittermouse. Justin Bieber will be the Bond girl, maybe. Um, oh, but poor Hannah Stokely. Uh, next episode, we're going to kind of do what we did with this episode... <laughs> Because we all know you love these ones. And talk about the rewatch as a whole, just to kind of end it. We had our introduction, so this will be our conclusion in a way. Um, we'll be doing some things with our rankings, potentially changing some, because we all got it wrong, and now we want to correct our mistakes. Uh, ben is going to change Die Another Day to put it at 24th. 
Uh, so we're going to do that. Uh, and I know I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about the Hall of Fame and the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and all that. It's just a kind of conclusion. And another thing, we'll set up what we plan to do after that. No, I'm sorry. That is not our series finale. We will be back after that episode with more episodes. Uh, no! Uh, we're going to so be revisiting the Spectre trailers that we recapped. We're going to be doing <laughs> Doctor No recap. Do we going to be doing Doctor No first trailer reaction episode? <laughs> what do we think will happen in Doctor Sean No? Connery and Doctor No. I think this trailer is really good. It's going to set up a very interesting film. Um, I can't wait till we get to more Roger, Roger Moore. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll we'll set up what we plan to do. It's not the trailers of all the films. Um, but we've got some trailer of Double Odd Seven. Yeah, we've got some fun things planned. Uh, maybe we'll play some Trivial Pursuit. Who knows? Uh, anything could happen. So stay tuned for that episode, which is probably out by the time you're listening to this anyway. Um, and yeah, a bit of a teaser for what we've got planned, but we'll let you know next week. So that's it. Daniel Craig is over. It's kind of even though it took us like three months, it's gone quite fast, and it's sad that there are no more Bond films. But I will say to end it, my name is. Noah grows, and I'm not going to say anything because Ben's just going to not listen and then steal my outro. And my name is Ben, and I'm not going to say anything because Colin's <laughs> just going to steal my joke and my outro. And I'm Colin, and I can't wait to talk about Idris Elba in the next decade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. Uh, see you on the flip side, uh, and talk to you cool cats <laughs> later. Goodbye. Dude. Dude. Dude.